Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Don't just sell yourself out out the gate. Find out who you is. Get you some self-value. And know who you is before you want to put yourself up for sale. And that ain't even... I mean, everything off your art, you should out top to me as a man. I want to own myself. Before I want to own my cars, I want to own my art. I'm 20 years in the game, bro. Like, you know, I just seen a mile come and go. And this dude's then went platinum way more times, you know what I'm saying? And still not living like me. Boss. I'm just trying to, you know, live and not exist. That's it. <laughs> Somebody say you've earned your leisure. Right, right. <laughs> right, exactly. Nah, man, so much to talk about. I want to I wanna talk about, I want to start with the music. Yeah. Because I feel like in Houston, we just had a conversation off camera. Texas, you said it's like its own country. Right. And you guys were able to be superstars and be, you know, millionaires before we even heard about you outside of Texas, right? And even now... You were telling me it's still like you could sustain just in Texas on the independent level, going to tours and different little uh, shows in different areas. So talk about the experience growing up in Houston, independence, and what's the vibe like as far as Texas for people that don't know? Oh, man. Texas is is its own world. Like I say, it is its own country. You got Houston, you got Dallas, you got Austin, San Antonio. <clears throat> so you got Fort Worth, you got these big cities, and then you got um, all the small towns that's in between. You know what I'm saying? It's a whole lot of land, all the way to El Paso, you know, in the mid, mid, middle of Texas, all that. So how we came up was putting in the, really it started through, I would give the credit to like uh, the Jay Princes and the, um, you know, they pioneered, of, you know, the ghetto boys. It was independent. You know, they the ones who show Houston that we can beat rappers or whatever. So they started out independent and gave us the idea that this could happen. You know what I'm saying? So after them, it was a lot of other independent labels formed. And then we had the DJ Screw. And this is mixtape culture right here, chopped and screwed. So you from New York, y'all were like, what is that? Y'all was looking at us crazy for sipping syrup back in the day. <laughs> right, exactly. I was saying so, but think about that in that time frame, like back in the 90s, y'all wasn't trying to hear, you know. So so a lot of y'all wasn't even listening to that type of sound, you know, to even hear if you like that artist or not. And that's what it, I grew up in. I did the Swisher Highs where they did the chopped and screwed music like in the early 90s, but that had its own wave, its own following underground throughout Texas, throughout really the whole world, as you can see, you know what I'm saying? But uh, it was just something that that spread through, you know, colleges, military, you know, you got clean, you know, so the underground market just spread and it just turned into something where we could really live good off of, man. And, you know what I'm saying? I just, I, so basically being in New York, as a young rapper, a lot of artists might say, man, I want to sign a record deal with Universal. You know, in Houston, that ain't necessarily your mind frame. You're like, let me put out this independent project and give me, sell 100,000 of these, and that's really a million dollars. You know what I'm saying? And then you can eat from Houston to Louisiana. It's all the same, you know what I'm saying, forever. So from the entertainment standpoint, there was the influences. But from the business standpoint, was Jay Prince, was, you know, Swab House, are these guys telling you the business of the music, right? So obviously we know we got to put out these albums. We got to create our, our own audience. We have to, you know, create a demand for ourselves. But what about the yeah. business structure? Because I know even owning the music, owning your master, these things were important to y'all from the yeah. start. It was important to me. Like, honestly, I don't know about it. Like, I didn't, I learned, I did my own thing. You know what I'm saying? And how I learned my value was, I got with Swisher House in 1998. They did the chopped and screwed music. I was doing freestyles, like y'all do the mixtapes yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. We would sell the mixtapes 
Like, this is how it started. I was 17 in high school. I did a freestyle on a, a mixtape, and we put it out. It's called uh, Swisher 98, I think it is. So it was my first one. I'm in high school. I'm selling tapes and CDs out my backpack. You know what I'm saying? This is the first time I'm ever able to make money and not be going to jail. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like I'm excited about it. I'm taking it serious. I'm making money, though. It ain't like I'm begging people. Like It ain't like, hey, man, yeah. listen to my mixtape. They asking me for it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like immediately I started to see self-value. Now it's shows. I'm doing shows in Louisiana. I'm still in high school. I'm uh I'm selling them hand in hand at first. Next thing you know, we hit the road. We it's phone books at this time. City to city, we go to each city in Austin. We get the phone book. Every music store, we drop ten CDs on them. You know, twenty, whatever it is. This our phone number. Call us if you need some more. You know what I'm saying? Did this all the way throughout Texas and just kept doing it and built a, a market. You know what I'm saying? Have callers, man. We need more. We need more. So. We just kept dropping mixtapes every month and we would sell them to these different stores. I even opened up my own store, you know, at, at around 18, 19. And we just really like, you know, it, it, CDs was going wholesale. Uh, you could sell them wholesale for eight, tapes was going five. So through that, I'm getting money and now I know how much I'm worth, you know what I'm saying? So I don't, so now, Eventually, I get calls from major labels, and they call me. They like, man, we want to sign you. We got two hundred fifty thousand for you, two projects. But I'm like, nah, we getting that out here. Like, we we know we work now. You can't tell us like, oh, you worth this. You sign this, but we already know we making out here. We see the money. I'm already living the life. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I'm not even excited about that. That's not what I want to do. I want to get the money. I don't want to be famous. You know what I'm saying? So. They would keep flying me out, like coming, you know, Universal, you know, everybody. But it was just like, man, the market was so big. But eventually it was a lot of uh, mom and pop stores back then. Mm -hmm. So we was able to eat like that. Yeah. Best Buy came through with the nine ninety nine. Smoked it up. Smoked the whole thing out. Ended it. Ended out like, you know, mom and pop stores. So... For a minute, we was able to eat through Best Buy with it, but you know, at the end of the day, it just got too tricky. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, we stopped doing the chopped and screw music so much, even though it's still, I still just chopped and screw my new project. I just did because it's still a culture out there, it's still a fan base. I'm just saying that was very prosperous, and that's what showed me what my value was that time. But after that, we just continued through it all. I Man, I just keep putting out projects, independent, and and I have a fan base now you know, worldwide, basically, from just doing what I do. How has it changed? Like, so when you guys first started, the CD, you sell it for $10, it might take cost a dollar to make it, and it's a $9 profit. That's easy to understand. Everybody knows Master P selling CDs out of his trunk, you guys going to different colleges and different, we, that, all right, but then when it transitioned, and nobody's buying CDs anymore. Exactly. And then it becomes streaming. And then you're not getting $10, you're getting 99 cents. How does that change for independent artists? I mean, we still get more than the people on record labels, though. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So it's not the same. But at the same time, the audience is bigger, you know. But I don't even know how to, who came up with this. It seemed like, it looked like to me, like, that's what they knew. You know, it's like, these people know well, 10 years ahead of time what's going to happen to me, I, you know. So they seen that through social media, we will be able to have our own power in our own hands. And now they breaking it down to charge us for it, you know, through this way. Or, you know, you got uh, <clears throat> different ways that now we we all on record labels, basically. They figured a way to put us out on a record label deal. And they just charging, giving us whatever they want to give us, you know, off of records. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that's, first we was able to do the, uh, you know, it wasn't streaming. It was, you can sell it on iTunes, mm -hmm. sale, you know, it would still get you 99 yeah. cents. Now they just come up with some, you know. I don't even know what it's, we don't even know. They just came up with some stuff. You part of the subscription payments. It's exactly, <laughs> you part of the subscription. And we don't even know if they, how much how much they uh, owe us or nothing. You know, so that's a big problem with our artists, not just independent artists. You know, we just got to figure that out because they just kind of got us with that one. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Did that business structure impact the outlook or 
the genre of music that music that was coming from Houston. Because for a certain segment, like when we were growing up, it was you, it was Mike yeah. Jones, Paul Wolf, Kiki, and then that kind of slowed down when that transition to business structure changed. Yeah. And then you don't see as many artists coming from Houston, and then you get a Travis Scott. And yeah. now that becomes almost to a generation what Houston Sound is. So yeah. th- did the business influ- influence how the artists were starting to put themselves out to the audience? I think I think the people who was doing it back then, who you naming, everybody is still getting money. Everybody ain't, they, we just not on TV. It mm-hmm. ain't no, this is not an industry city. It's like, it ain't nobody coming out here <laughs> a lot, you know, to give these guys no spotlight, but Mike Jones is doing shows every weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wall is up big right now with Mexican OT and everything. Like, no telling what he getting a, a week for shows. He sold out. I know he doing sh- at least two to three a week. So just imagine, like, everybody's still getting money. It's just like, we just don't have, we not we ain't Atlanta. The in, Atlanta, the industry ain't out here. It's us doing it ourselves. Yeah. So everybody eating good. Anybody you name it, like, you know. Yeah. I'm saying in that sense, yes. I'm, yeah. Just what's the next generation, right? So like, yeah. for, I feel like so, BX, BX the plug. He's from Dallas, that's what I so he, right. he's very reminiscent of, of that Houston old sound. school, yeah. right. authentic Houston sound that you guys used to put out. Right. I mean, yeah, I definitely like the sound he got. I definitely like uh, BX. He dope. But I think music changed. He's in Dallas though. Yeah, I'm saying he's yeah. Dallas, but yeah. he still reminds me of right. He got that, that type of sound. Yeah. But I think it's he, a lot of it's a lot of new rappers right now. Fast Lane, Propane, like right now are like are, are getting a lot of money. Like the same mm-hmm. way, you know, same Houston thing. Like I say, but it's just like we're not industry. But then if you think about it, it is a few came out. You think about Megan, you know what I'm saying? Right. You know, so right, right, right. Ken the man, it's a few of them out here popping out, getting deals and doing a lot. But at the same time, even how we was underground, it's yeah. still an underground scene right now that's thriving. You know, we got B King. Uh, it's a lot of Houston artists. Shout out to B King. It's a lot of Houston artists. Like B King, the number one dude in the club, bro. It's like, I can imagine. It's crazy. He's state booked. You know, so it's like, I, it's a lot of people who still get money from our era and yeah. after us. You know what I'm saying? It's a guy named OTB Fastlane. I'm talking about he just dropped something the other day, and I looked on his Instagram. The whole place sold out. He probably bring a bigger crowd than me on the north side right now. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But the world don't know him like that. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, he's still getting money and a, and a big dude right now. So we put something on our Instagram page that got a lot of traction. We interviewed Simba. Shout out to him. And he said that he didn't mind um, not owning his masters. Pretty much, I'm paraphrasing, but like, you know, it was a sacrifice that he's willing to take to, you know, have more notoriety. And he, he wasn't really tripping on owning his masters. You commented right. on that and um, you had your own opinion on that. Right. So what's, what's your take on that? It ain't, you know, my thing is this. I'm an advocate for being independent. I live, I'm living, my, you in my house. I, y'all don't see me on TV doing no raps. You ain't probably hearing no slump the, I dropped some I, the other day and it's like the streets love it. I'm making money off it. I get a check every single month off catalog. From the mixtapes I'm telling you I was rapping on all the way until right now, the new projects I put out right now, it's still good money. I'm making great money. You know what I'm saying? Molding a lot of rappers on record deals. They not living like me. I'm <laughs> keeping it real. Like a lot of them ain't living like me. I know it. I see them. You know what I'm saying? And it's temporary with a lot of them. You know, they they had a times when the the record label dumping that money on them and you selling our show, but that wear out fast. You know what I'm saying? I'm 20 years in the game, bro. Like, you know. I just seen them all come and go. And this dudes that went platinum way more times, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And still not living like me. But the idea is, like I told you, you from New York, y'all mind frame is, man, he'll check out my demo, a major label, sign me, make me hot. When really it should be, man, let me put out my project, grow me a fan base, grow me a following, see how, find my value before I even sell myself. Mm-hmm. It should be considered selling out. You know what I'm saying? At this point, for other people to get so much out for us without, you know, us making the most. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's how I move with that type of uh, integrity. So I don't want people saying, telling these kids, man, yeah, don't worry about the masters. They don't mean nothing. That sounds crazy when I'm living like this. And a lot of rappers ain't living like this. You know, nah, don't, don't just sell yourself out out the gate. Find out who you is, get you some self value and know who you is before you want to put yourself up for sale. And that ain't even, I mean, everything 
off your art, you should out top to me as a man. I want to own myself. I want to if the cars you can out before I want to own my cars. I want to own my art. I want to own myself. That's my integrity. That's my mind frame. And and when I move around and and have all the stuff I have, it ain't because I sold nothing to have it. It's because I I own my my stuff, and this is what I'm buying out for owning my property. You know what I'm saying? So that's the mind frame I move with. So when artists be like, man, just sell your masters and do the, and you know, I don't think that's something you should tell the kids. You know what I'm saying? I think I think people should own themselves. You was on a label at one point, a major label at one point. Right. Did, did you own your masters then? That was a partnership deal with uh, for real. No, I didn't own my masters right then. Okay. And that's what I'm saying. That's the difference of it. Like I seen how that went. And that was a good, the greatest experience ever. Like I'm not don't get it confused. Like I'm telling artists, don't get with major labels and don't mess with them. Or you know, whatever way is your way. You might not even be organized to be able to run an independent label. So if you need that help, then take it. But I'm just saying, everybody shouldn't think out the gate. Hey man, my option is to just sell my masters. You know, that's what everybody complained about. When you talk about Michael Jackson or anybody who later in the game, what they always say, man, well, they don't they took my masters and this and I don't get this out for this. Everybody should be able to eat forever off of the music they create. And that's how it should be. It ain't never, but we just train off of man, the other rappers we seen before, that's how they did it. So we gotta do it like this. But where where are they at in the long run? Hmm. Crying about crying to Puffy and all them about man, I ain't got much. You know what I'm saying? Like it shouldn't be like that, bro. You know what I'm saying? You should have your, and that's what I'm saying. Like that's why you should have the integrity, of, man. Let me at least try to find myself value. Cause in what other business does that make sense, man? When do you give me a loan? You ain't even give the money you giving me. Ain't even my money. It's a loan you giving me. I gotta pay you back before I get my money back. And I give you my business. You own my business. It's crazy if you put that in any other business perspective, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's just something that we always did. And what? We've been mad at people since Big Red and Motown back in the day. <laughs> he messed up with me. He messed up. You so, know what I'm saying? So you've been on both ends of the spectrum, right? Yeah. You, sound with it, you saw the, the inner workings of how that went and you've done yeah. independent. I wonder at any point, do you feel like your story hasn't been glor glorified in a sense because it seems like a threat? Whereas if the music industry and the artists like that. were doing what you did. I definitely feel like that. I definitely feel blackballed at sometimes, bro. Like, cause I know what I'm doing. Look at it, bro. It's, I'm living the life, bro. I'm not, it's, it's, it's from the music. And then it seemed like people be trying to say, it's the real estate. The real estate moves I made wasn't really about money. It was just about, let me do something for the hood. You know, like, so it ain't, it's the music, man. It's the music real estate that got me living like this. And it seemed like nobody want nobody, <laughs> even the people I work with, mm -hmm. you know, like I go through a di distribution company. They don't do nothing for me. I don't even talk to them people. And I know a lot of them people is there because they see the lifestyle I live. They like, oh, Slim getting it like this. Let me do it. I know it because they told me. They be like, man, I'm over here because I seen you. You know, they don't they don't try to glorify me because my word is what? Be a boss, man. Don't give, you know, you get your 90, man. You get your 90%, bro. You do it, you know, stand. They don't want nobody to hear that, bro. They don't want nobody to hear you, they shouldn't be getting more than us out for our stuff, bro. Like, you know, and, and I know that message is getting quiet, but you know, at the end of the day, I don't knock, like I say, I'm not against whatever you figure out for yourself, you know, whatever gonna get you and your family together. Like, I love it all. I listen to everybody. But at the end of the day, if we all thought like me, I'm Slim Thug, bro. You ain't even hearing my song. What if it was a, a Drake moving like this or something? Like, if any of them dudes, Young Dolph, it was a dude who was moving like this, bro. And you see how he was living. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I was like. That's that's why I like a Young Dolph, a Nipsey Hustle, you know, because they was, they was speaking that independent word. You know what I'm saying? Because it's really like... That's the way it's supposed to be, real life, bro. So talk about um, live shows, performances. How important is that? I heard Offset talking about how it's getting harder for rappers yeah. to do like festivals and to book shows. I know, but you still eating off of shows, so. I never do a festival, bro. Rarely, if it's out here, you know, and it's some, yeah, I do them out here, but I'm not on the road doing festivals. I'm doing shows in Texas, all through Texas, you know. Out of you know, sometimes out of town, but this this is whole own country, bro. Like I'm always booked 
out here, our way. That's why I can't leave. You know what I'm saying? I always got something to do out here. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's. This is a fast financial fact sponsored by Xfinity. This week's fact. Money invested or saved in accounts that earn compound interest can grow significantly over time. The earlier you start saving, the more money can grow. Utilize tax advantage accounts like IRAs and 401ks for retirement savings. Contributions to these accounts can grow tax-deferred or tax-free, allowing your money to compound more efficiently. Assets over liabilities is presented by Xfinity. What's the what's the key to that loan? Because a lot of artists can't keep themselves booked on the road. How do you how are you managing to keep yourself booked doing shit? It's a couple things right now for me at least. You know, I got some classes. Steel tipping is a, a Texas staple. We Facts. probably don't eat forever. That's, <laughs> an Ameri- that's an American you know staple. What I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, you know, I got it. And then through, I got a lot of both sides. I got number one songs with Beyonce. I got stuff I did I, throughout my career out here that's, even if y'all don't know like about it, you know, like the Texans, uh, uh, the, the game anthem is my song or the yes, Texas song, right. you know, all that type of stuff that y'all ain't know about. So it's like, I stay active. I just dropped a project uh, on my birthday, September the 8th, Midlife Crisis. They loving it, bro. It's like, so that's how I stay, you know, going for me because I stay active, you know, but I ain't, I ain't so much of a promoter. Like, if I was a marketing king, I'd really be eating maybe, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I just, you know, I don't spend too much, bro. I don't, that's how I move, you know, I don't spend too much. Like I can go to Ford, like some uh, take key beats or something, you know. But I, you know, I know who I am, and I just do my stuff, you know, at my own level and make it a good business deal for me. I'm 43. I don't need to be keeping up with times. I need to be making my own ways and working with culture, my people. Yeah. Are you opposed to doing festivals? Because the way you said it was almost like I don't need to because enough dollars make sense. I can look enough dollars here. Rather I'm not than opposed. Okay. I'm not opposed to doing festivals. Yeah. Like like I say. It's that age, you know, we, you know, it's the steel tipping. It would have been like 20 years. They, you know, they're going to have us on all that. And I'm down with it. I'm yeah. down with all that. I'm just saying that ain't how I got here. I think I got here like chitlin circuit, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Clubs, you know, all that, bro. Like whatever, you know, out here is always some money. That's crazy. We just put a post on Instagram just now about Tyler Perry talking about how he funded uh, his studio from the Chitlin Circuit. The Chitlin Circuit. And he was like, a lot of people look down on that. Exactly. Um, but he was like, that was the reason for his success, going to clubs and he was doing the, the um, live uh, plays. Exactly. He was going like 500 theater, 3,000 theaters in Louisiana and That's Texas. That's what I'm saying. That, Alabama. It's the same thing. It's the same exact thing, but it's just through music. And it's them same places, bro. The same different local markets. You got all these different small towns in between these big cities. It's a it's his own country and Louisiana is we we family is like it go all the way in Louisiana and further now now that uh, still tipping and took it further me working with Pharrell even took it further and that was my plan and goal anyway to spread it even bigger you know and then once I could got out of that, once I got out of that situation I was good but that was a beautiful situation too don't let me. Don't, I don't want people to think that I talk down that for me and Pharrell's situation was the most bit, the best situation I ever did with making the album. It was I was in the big studio. He was, you know, I was with uh Pharrell. We making, you know, great music. I was I enjoyed that. So I didn't look I don't look down on people who get record deals. I just don't want you to not learn your self-value before 21 Savage has has the right deal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So he he owned his masters. He you know getting the most of his bread. That's why it ain't open to everybody. Are you not that good of a rapper, or what's going on? Like you know, that's what it should be. Is what I'm saying. But and like I say, everybody. Some people might need need more help than the next person, and that's cool too. Or if you're young, you might want to shoot to the stars and want to be with the best artists and the best producers. So I don't knock nobody ways, but I'm just telling you, I advocate the independent way. You know, because that's the way I went. So you talked about real estate. That's something that um, you have become an investor in real estate. You got a lot of different things. We're going to talk about it. But how did you get started in real estate? What was your start? Man, uh, jumping out there, man, me and my homeboy, uh, Troy, <laughs> my homeboy, Troy Green, 
uh, who, who I still be working with to this day with the real estate. We just went to the auction and just bought some property. Like you didn't know what you was we doing. We didn't know what we was doing. <laughs> just went in there like, man, we gotta do this. Can't we look had at a the couple cars. racks, right? <laughs> Left we bought all these cars. We <laughs> gotta make it make sense. <laughs> so we went in there and just bought some property, man. And then it wasn't nothing that just, it ain't no success story. I took my, yeah, I went over there. To, it wasn't even a house on the, on the I bought oh, a house. It wasn't even a house on the land when oh, I got there. Man. So, you know, but that's what opened our eyes to it. And then uh, he kept on, he kept up with his and actually it, it, it turned into something. But uh, really what happened was we was just giving back in the hood, like Thanksgiving, stuff like that, Christmas, giving out toys, just me and my partners just giving out, giving back, right? So then, um, the the city gave me a day. The ninety seven nine, the box I had, a, 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 a radio station. They was like, "Man, Slim be giving back in the community. Why he ain't got his own day?" So they, you know, campaigned for me to have my own day. I ended up getting it. So I teamed up with the city of Houston. Like, what more can we do? You know, to make it make sense. Uh, and they had put us on to the Laurel Lots. You know, a Laurel Lot is where you can, it's like abandoned land, might have junk on it, trash on it or whatever. Mm -hmm. You clean it out, they'll give it to you for a little nothing, but you got to build a low income home. So we kind of found the whole empty block and we just built the whole, you know, uh, neighborhood and our old neighborhood kind of like just to do some, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's how we got into that. But like I say, we do flips. We got a few properties and stuff like that. But real estate is more of my partners than, you know, getting into that than me. You know what I'm saying? I was doing music all the time. So the opportunity presented itself and you created a business around it. Right. right. So we got the lot. Now what do we do? So th this is how Boss Life Construction comes about? That's how it came about. It was just that idea. We we uh, got with J.G. Hollins is, is a guy who we've been knowing since we was kids who always been advanced and he a little older than us, so he got a whole, he, he uh, actually redid this house. So we just got with him, teamed up with him, and uh, he gave us the game. And then through that, we also did a, a couple more things. We um, had gave a few scholarships out for trade schools, like for kids who, if you go and learn how to weld, you learn how to, you know, um, do roofing and build houses, you know, we gave a few trade scholarships out through that. Like I say, it was more of a, you know, give back thing than it was a get money thing for us. We do a few now, but we ain't really like no gurus in it, I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, so the let's, the touring, let's put these two together. You got the touring and you got real estate. Yeah. Now the touring, most of that money's paid in cash. Right. So when you're trying to get real estate, it's tough to prove income if you're not having this money put into the bank and showing that you have proof of a certain amount of money to even qualify for it. <laughs> what was that process like for you? Are these things that you knew prior or is it something you had to learn d during the process? Man, I always had a, a catalog check, you know what I'm saying? So that's my income every month, you know what I'm saying? So I never had no issue with that. Like, you know, uh, and then we had, I had stores back in the day, all kind of stuff. So it's like, I ain't never really had no issue with that. But now the cash, we, uh, I buy a car with it or something, you know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't really, I get a, the real estate I did was through, you know, um, we did that through the bank, through, uh, the, the, me and my partners. It was like three of us got together. And actually, it's one of my friends, Corey, who, who extended. Now, he, we started with that block. He has townhomes and everything. He take it to a whole new level out there. So it's like, he put a whole new block together after our block. And that's, that's in, your old neighborhood? Same spot. Yeah, it's all over there. Like he see, he got Burns Barbecue. That's a worldwide, you know, Anthony Bourdain came yeah. down and we did a, a show up there at Burns. So he just extended on our project and, and made it even bigger. He got townhouses and, and um, all kind of stuff up. Still boss life construction though, but it's beautiful over there. So how important is that to have like different businesses and different your name on different things as opposed to just being known for just music you can't just do one thing you got to have multiple uh incomes you know so we do the clothing you know we got the uh, hog light brand um you know we do the real estate we do the the the, the instagram promotions you know all that <laughs> shows you know i kind of got deals with checkers the texans you know a lot of you know those deals like that so man it's just been you know uh, you know, a, a lot of different checks coming a lot of different ways. I feel like a lot of artists also, going back to this touring situation, they don't understand the, the benefit of being professional. And it's like they might burn a lot of bridges with promoters and that stops them from getting booked. Right. Or 
they don't do shows because they're like, I'm not taking. One thing I learned about Ross is that he picks up bags. Yeah. He'll get small bags, a little bit. Like, I seen him do stuff and I'm like, <laughs> like yeah. I get it though. Like he always picking up a bag. Why like not? a bag is a bag. Like, a bag, you know. Like, but, I, but I mean, yeah, that's that's what the, that's what it is. There's all kind of ways to get that. Like it's you in Texas, bro. You know, no telling where it's coming from, man. You know what I'm saying? Like I say, you might be doing a Kinsinella. You know what I'm saying? But the cartel might have a bag. You know, still tipping. You know what I'm saying? Still tipping. Let's give it to them. Three and we out. <laughs> As you getting these bags, right? You've been doing this a yeah. long time. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Did you always have financial discipline, right? I'm cheap, bro. Everybody so, knows it. You've you always been frugal, so always. I'm, I'm counting the money. I'm making sure I know where the money's going at all times. Every time I get $1,000, it got to be put up. I don't want to see it. It's over. Like I, ain't, I'm, I move like... And that's how I always been, and, and um, everybody know that about me. Like even now, like I be in the Rolls Royce, but no section at the club. I just be posted up. I, I'm sure y'all see me just posted up. Exactly. This is like, yeah. these are facts. Exactly, <laughs> facts. I'm not in there popping bottles. I'm was standing chilling. at the bar with you. <laughs> I'm at the bar, posted up. I always been like that. Before I before Steel Tippy came out, I was like that. I never changed. They used to be like, man, you be going to the club too much. Man, I don't, I'm, I'm gonna continue to be me, man, and it worked for me, you know. So it's cool. But I always been a frugal guy. I ain't never been no dude who careless with the money. And when I spend money, I gotta see it. Like I, I buy a car because I can sell that car if I need to or something. You know, I buy something I can see. But me making it rain, me popping bottles, stuff. I, you know, just burning money like that. Uh, private planes, nah. I'm good. Just to get somewhere, I'm good. <laughs> nah, I'm good. You, what is that? Where does that come from? That's just growing up. That was instilled I'm in you. From the north side, man. Like we ain't have much growing up, so you know we appreciate what we got. We don't want to go back. You know what I'm saying? And we seen people make the mistakes. Like, how could you feel if you know you're spending this money on these private planes and you got to go back to the hood one day? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like. Nah, I ain't, I ain't making the mistakes. I ain't. It don't matter. I can. I can just to get somewhere is cool to me. You know what I'm saying? But like, I don't knock it. Like, I love it. Like, you know. But I'm just saying, for me, I'm just too frugal to move like that. Like, I'm cheap. Unless when it comes to cars. But even with cars, I can sell my cars for you know. Because they collect this. They're not they just collect, regular. I ain't cars. buying nothing that I can't get off of. I ain't never had to or wanted to. But I'm just saying, everything. It, it ain't even about selling it. It's just about. I got whatever I spend my money on, I got to see it. I can't just, you know, it can't just disappear like that. Yeah, and you're not just buying any car, right? Nah. When we talk about Classic. assets, we're talking about these things are appreciating over time. So that passion for cars, so you, you talked to us all camera, you said, you know, music is a passion, but the first love was cars. Cars, yeah, so, that's really like So really what, love. I mean, is that just something that is a, is a Texas thing, is it a South thing? How does your passion come from cars? And then when when did you start deciding that all right, I'm not going to buy I'm going to actually buy some collectibles. Yeah. Man, really, it's just, um, I would say since I was like 12, I just had a love for cars and music. And they just came, they was like equally the same to me. I would work on my cars, hours on hours. I would work on my music, hours on hours, man. And um, really, it just got to a point where I just came up with a decision. I wanted to um, collect them. And I just said I wanted to get my favorite car of each decade, you know what I'm saying? And um, I did a lot of custom cars, you know, that I could probably get off of or probably worth a lot of money, you know what I'm saying? But I ain't never buy them with the intention <coughs> of selling them. Like, you know, the newer cars, I swapped them out, but the older, I just keep them, you know, I'm, I'm really trying to complete my collection. <laughs> so you got a, what, how are you doing today? Is it 40s, 50s, 60s? 50s on up, I got a car for every decade. Like I got, well really I got a few some, on some of them, I might've had to get more than one. I got a 56 El Dorado, 57 Bel Air, 59 Cadillac for the 50s. I got a 64 Lincoln. I got a 74 Caprice, a 75 El Dorado. Uh, for the 70s, for the 80s, I got an 87 Monte Carlo. For the 90s, I got a 9.5 Impala and a 9.5 a, a Benz. I mean, 9.6 Impala, 9.5 Benz. Yeah, so I just, I'm just i missing the 2000 <coughs> to 2010 car right now, so it's eating me up. So this, well, this, what's the 2000s one? I, I want that drop head, man. 
I want that drop head, man. I just feel like that was the one of that that ten that, that two thousand to two thousand ten. But that's why I ain't got it though, because it's high. I'm too frugal. I spent too much on cars this year. So yeah, man. But I I don't do too much. That's um also Texas culture. Texas culture. And you guys, I feel like when so you're not the first artist from Houston to make it mainstream, obviously, you know, Scarface and but I oh. feel like that style of rap was a little different. When y'all came out, was still tipping. I felt like that was like the culture of Houston. Like, you right. know, I could just, I had never been to Houston before, but I could close my eyes and imagine yeah. what Houston felt like right. from the cars and the swinging. And you told us to still tipping on four poles, basketball poles, <laughs> like yeah. all that type stuff. So yeah. like, I think that's what important for people to understand too, is it's not just a, a hobby. It's actually part of, Houston culture, right? Like every Sunday, y'all used to do the thing with the cars and right MLK on Sunday. Man, Houston culture is so big and so like even now, look at everybody sipping syrup, and you know that all come from Houston. And a lot of kids don't know that. A lot of kids think you know Lil Wayne and probably <laughs> you know double cup. But you know, like I say, but first of all, let's say this: is DJ Screw who uh, started the thing. Don Kiki, uh, Fat Pat. Man, so many in the SUC passed away, man, that uh, put on for that culture, man. And it's sad because they don't get to see- uh, The screwed up clip. Yeah, man, even Big Pokey just passed away. Yeah, man. So many people- But how do you feel about that legacy? Because, I mean, it is synonymous with Houston, but it's, it's been very detrimental. Even ASAP Yams, a lot of rappers from all over the different parts of the country have died mm -hmm. yeah. um, right. as or a nearly. result of Scissor. Um, right. so, you being in the culture and seeing it, I'm sure as a kid, what's your thoughts on the, on that's legacy? It was some people who probably uh, associated with that, but now a lot of them uh, who passed, it ain't had nothing to do with that, like in the SUC. It was just different stuff, you know, like um, I think Polk had a heart attack, like t stuff like that, and you know. But uh, yeah, man, on a cool, a lot of people in Houston, Ben stopped sipping. Like we already seen the effects of it a mm -hmm. long time ago, you know, and now it's new to the world. And then too, the, the stuff that they sipping now ain't what we were sipping, you know, <laughs> so it was something different, but we had activism. So we don't look at what people sipping, well, I don't, you know, back in my day. So uh, actually I got a movie we just did called Double Cup. We dropping that kind of, we was trying to capture the culture of Houston and kind of explain, you know, how that was, you know, through that generation. but. But yeah, I definitely ain't sipping on no serve and ain't, you know, doing none of that no more. It, it, it did come, from, the culture came from Houston, you know, but a lot of people seen the effects of it and don't be sipping. But it's a lot of youngsters who still do it though, yeah. you know, so. When, when, you, when you saw the effects, because there was even a change in you professionally or even on a personal level, we yeah. started to see you become more health conscious. Right. Was it because you saw the effects or was it just something internal? It wasn't just that. Like me, I've never been just no crazy <laughs> syrup head anyway. Yeah. But, you know, I never wasn't just on it like that anyway. But uh, I like, I'd have seen effects back then to know not to play with it. You know, like I'm, uh, DJ Scrutum came out in, in early 90s. I came out like 98, you know, so we already kind of seen, you know, a lot of people go through, you know, just in the hood, go through a lot of stuff on that drink and the help, you know, that it, the toll of the take on you. So I already knew better back then. I like sip, but it was other, you know, rappers that was really sipping, you know what I'm saying? But nah, it's 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 something you want to stay away from, you know what I'm saying? There ain't nothing that's going long term, it ain't good for you. So you wrote a book, How to Survive a Recession. Right. <laughs> so it's... Interesting title, cause you know, a lot right. of people say that we in a recession now. The government hasn't officially announced that we're in a recession, but a lot of people are struggling. It's hard times for a lot of people. So right. what inspired that book and how do you survive a recession? I believe my frugal ways inspired the book. Like people just knew of me being somebody who, you know, hold on to money, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, it's, it's just like I say, man, the same mind frame of, man, you get a thousand dollars, put it away. like. Yeah, and, and you gotta always think like that and just live off the extra, you know, until you get that next one. You know, that's surviving the recession, just, you know, having that mindset of not uh, freely throwing away money on designer clothes and stuff like that, you know, like makes everything make sense. You know, that's when you survive in a recession. 
But a lot of kids, man, robbing people just to go buy, go shopping. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it don't make sense. So it's like, man, I don't know what to say about today. <laughs> so for like every dollar, because you have jewelry, obviously. Right. You, so for every dollar that you put up, mm-hmm. what's the ratio? I'm going to put 10000 up before I spend 1000 I'm going to like Cash is, I don't even keep cash no more, bro. Like, I don't even, I don't even, I just don't be around here spending money, bro. Like... I, every when day, do you know when to spend money? Because like you jury, spend money. Jury, jury. I'm a rapper, so I would tell you. Okay, I bought. I went crazy this year. <laughs> I went crazy this year. I went and bought a few watches and a few chains. I haven't bought no jury since back in 2007 or 2008. Before that, you know what I'm saying. That long ago, I bought these earrings. These eight eight care earrings in 03, 02. So it's like that's what I'm saying. This this bracelet comes from 2007. Like, but this is quality jewelry. Like, I ain't buying no bull, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't have to keep buying new jewelry all the time. I got a lock that I had since I was like 21, you know. That's what I'm saying. Like, the stuff I spend my money on is going to be the right stuff, you know what I'm saying? And it's going to last. So I don't have to do it a lot, you know. So, but yeah, I probably ain't going to spend no money on jewelry for another 10 <laughs> <laughs> I got this Astros ring. I had to get that, you I know. Saw that. Yeah, this, this from them, though, yeah. So we good. <laughs> Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Did I get that to you? Yeah, look, I got my name on it. Right, that's all. That's all. You know we feel real. Yeah, <laughs> I know y'all yeah, felt that one. That's why I wore it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but but yeah, man, really like you don't have to do the most all the time, man. You know, uh, and I hate that our culture think that, man. You know, the things we our money habits is just so poor, man. We give it right back. We buying designer clothes. Man, you ain't need that shirt. Get a pair of shoes, all right? I know you ain't trying to hear it. <laughs> Get some sunglasses or something, bro. You don't need that $1,000 shirt, bro. What club you going to? It ain't even the house tonight, man. Calm down, bro. Put on a T-shirt this week. You so know we, we're telling that to the youth, yeah. but your father, too. Right. So I was like, yo, dad. Yeah. I saw the watch, dad. I saw right. the, I seen the oh, promo, no. Dad. I, my kids, I don't play with the light. I'm a rapper, bro. You ain't did. <laughs> Why would you have a rapper watch? You can't rap. <laughs> you have a rapper watch. Nah, you ain't me. You ain't supposed to have this, kid. Like, you get what you work for, man. I'm tough love, hard work, man. That's all I believe. So they, do they drive your cars? Nah. Why? <laughs> they drive my car. I get my, I let my brother, uh, the other day, uh, my son, Man, he tried to be slick. He 18. Hey, I want to take the Maybach. No, I got him a Bronco, though. I got him his own Bronco. But nah, that's, you know, I, my brother took him to homecoming in it. But nah, I ain't for letting kids lose some money. They don't care, bro. Like, you know, like, I tell them, like, I had tried to, I had all the little Jordans. I was like, man, I'm going to sit down with them. Let's see them teach them hard work, clean the shoes with them. Hey, as soon as I turned my back, they was gone, man. So, <laughs> I know you ain't okay. You don't want to work hard for the stuff. You ain't gonna have it, kid. Straight like that. What, what's that like as a father in this industry and watching them do something that potentially is not gonna be the career path? It's right. your father. I love it, man. My son, uh, he's a uh, my son Kobe. He playing baseball, and he love it, man. You could tell he really love it. He spent all his time working out, training for it. I'm getting calls from real baseball players like about my son. That's that's what I love to see, man. You know, he making his own wave, and that's what it's about, man. And that's what I tried to teach them, you know, since since a young age, man. You ain't, I'm a rapper. What you gonna do? You can't just just trying to live off somebody else. Or not saying that they was or nothing, but I'm just saying like 
you got to come up with your own dreams and chase your own dreams out here in this world. Ain't nothing should be handed to you. Nobody should even think like that. Like, man, I want somebody to give me something. Everybody should want to chase their own dreams and have the most for themselves and shouldn't be just waiting on anybody to give them nothing. You know what I'm saying? So we talked about something briefly, but I want to just go back to this for a minute. The affordable housing thing. Can you talk about yeah. that a little bit more? Like, uh, I know you said that it was a block and then you had to put the, can you just explain that a right. little bit? We we had the deal, like we're having the lower lot, we got those from the city, you know, like, you know, it was like I say, abandoned lot, abandoned property, like, and they was just together. So- uh, Like a vacant lot. Vacant lot, trash on it, maybe trees, nobody ain't, you know, doing that. So we just found uh, a block that was, you know, uh, some lots together. Cause we was like, what can we, what, we just was trying to do something to make it make sense for them giving me my day or whatever. So we came up with the boss life construction. We built that whole block. It's like 10 houses, uh, five on each side. And they was our low income homes. So it wasn't like we hit a bankroll on them yeah. like that. But that's the deal though. To build on a lower lot, it had to be a low income home. So you own, you own the properties and then you just rent them out? No, we gave, we sold them. Oh, you sold them? Yeah, we sold, sold them. them. Yeah. So do you, do you know the people that you sold them to? We met them, we met a couple of them. Uh, it was one lady who worked at the library out there. We meet them, we go over there and holler at them. Every how, how would, I'm sure they were appreciative. Yeah, yeah. We Not only that, we gave away a house for Hurricane Harvey mm -hmm. uh, with Justin Deloy. We got with him and gave away a home. We fixed it up and just gave it away to a family, you know, who uh, lost their house in Hurricane Harvey. So the real estate stuff we was doing initially was just like on some give back type stuff. Now my friend Troy Green and Corey um, Crawford, he, they really get taking it to the next level. They keeping, like I say, he got the um, townhomes and everything. So they still got the boss life construction going. Was there a vision to scale it outside of not just the north side of Houston, but I mean, as far as the landscape, Houston's one of the largest cities in America. Yeah. Is there a, a vision to say, we can actually turn this to a business we can scale it outside of the north. north we side. definitely could, but we really wasn't thinking like that. We really was just thinking to do it over there in our old hood. Like I said, it wasn't really about, oh, I'm finna just, you know, be a real estate guru and, and get this bread. Like that wasn't a vision on that. It was just like, let's um, build up our hood. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. clean up our hood, you know, make it somewhat nice over here. So that was, that was the vision over there. but. You know, that's the land we knew too. Houston, a big city, but we just knew that area. So we rather work over there. Hey, those are important things, especially yeah. in real estate, right? right. People look like, where should I invest? Well, where do you know best? Right. Probably exactly. the neighborhood you grew up in. I think the first time, well, maybe the second time we met when we were doing a show in Houston, the first thing you told us was like, yeah. you know, I'm into this real estate thing. You were listening to, the, to some of the information and applying it. Right. I wonder now, as you're doing it, the mm. people from the neighborhood or the people that you grew up around, are they... Oh, they catching up. Okay. Oh, they turning up. The whole neighborhood knew now. Like it's like a bunch of different people built houses all around where we had started. Like, and and there's so many people like say that. Yeah, man. We seen y'all. We started doing that. A lot of my rap homeboys. Everybody, man. So we really got a lot of people involved. You know, seeing us make those moves over there. So that was definitely a blessing. And JG Hollins, like he taking it to a whole new levels. Like he like really he building real neighborhoods right now. So. It's, it's, it's getting crazy over there. So um, let's talk about collaborations. I know you worked with the Texans. Right. Right? Um, so talk about that. Is it the theme song? It's like really I had did a song for the Texans back in the day when Andre Johnson was playing. <laughs> yeah, so because I know Dre. Are you an Oilers fan? I'm definitely all. I'm out of Houston. Everything. You ain't go to Tennessee though with them. Nah, I ain't right, go to cool, Tennessee. Cool, cool. I ain't never leave Houston. <laughs> everything Houston, bro. Every who from Houston, whatever. I'm rooting for them. Everybody, I'm down with them. So it's like, yeah, with the Texans. Um, I had did a song when Andre Johnson was playing, and it's still to this day. That was like 2000, what, 14, 12, something, like that. and it's still to this day. Like it's they song right now. That's what I mean. Like y'all don't know what I got going on, but <laughs> this type of stuff, these type of collabs. Having our own world out here is still, you know, we're still able to do things. We just never been a, a um, industry city where the whole world seen what we had. Going what do you think? Because we talked to Pusha T, and he was like, he's working on Virginia kind of. He said the same thing. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a lot of talent that come out of Virginia, from Perel right. to Clips to um, Timberland to Missy. They're not an industry city, so everybody always had to go to LA. You guys didn't have to go to LA or New York. You was able to, but. It's still kind of the same problem. How do you think that can Houston ever become Atlanta? 
Like I think Houston. Houston is Atlanta as far as like everybody coming here, want to visit, come party here, do all that. Industry wise, I don't know. Like I ain't never, it ain't never happened before. You know, I don't know why, but uh, it, it ain't happened out here. You know, it's in Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, it's still a Megan Thee Stallion. It's still a Lizzo. It's still you know Travis Scott. The biggest, you know what I'm saying? These are the biggest, you know. So. And Trey, too, and partly responsible <laughs> well, we, for what we exactly. talked about that. We, we, we didn't say Beyonce, obviously. Exactly. Beyonce, <laughs> yeah. the queen. The like, biggest. She's the biggest. That's, the biggest <laughs> She's that's the biggest. what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah, come yeah, on, yeah, so yeah. can we complain? Like, you know. Yeah. So, you know, that's how I look at it. Like, we, we really, it seemed like we, well, we, well, what we do is underground. But what I always did was underground. And it always been prosperous for me. You know what I'm saying? So, I just stayed at it. I still do it. You know, I still, I don't look to make albums that cater to the whole world. I cater to my culture and my fan base and it ain't let me down yet. You know what I'm saying? So. And we got Toby, shout out to him. We just Toby, him. look shout what he Toby. did. Yeah. Look what he did. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, so can we complain? Toby <laughs> might be from the world at this point. Right. <laughs> shout right. out to Toby. Exactly, shout out to But Toby. I feel like the artists, like even the Beyonce, she's, they. They incorporated you like they always incorporated the core element of yeah. Houston. Like no, like it was like yeah. That's no she always how, repping. Yeah, yeah, she always repping. And then um, I love when they come to the city. Uh, I get to kick it with you know whole. Like you know, seen yeah, 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 Trey got Trey. Yeah, yeah, Trey was out there. Yeah. Everybody was out there, man. That's always amazing that we get to you know you know biggest she is. They still show us that love. So it's like. It ain't no, we winning. We still doing our thing out here. We still getting our money. Like I said, a lot of artists ain't living like us after these years, bro. But if they just continue to do it, like I be mad at a lot of artists that don't continue to put out music. I don't want to hear all these youngsters all the time. Like, oh, I can listen to a little, but you know, I feel like if a lot of the artists who are from my era, not even from my city, like just, you know, my age or older, if they just continue to do the music, but they just so used to doing it with a major. They don't even know how to do it without them a lot of time. You know what I'm saying? But if they continue to put out music, people would continue to support. And that's how it's supposed to be. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You used the word earlier a few times. You said, I'm a rapper, I'm a rapper. But anytime I think of Slim Thug, I always think boss. <laughs> right, for sure. It's boss life. Boss of all bosses. You're the boss of all. I never think rapper. And yeah. so I wonder, looking back now, or even looking ahead, when you think about your legacy, your future, do you think the boss moves that you've made in the music industry and outside of it will, will be your legacy? Or will it be my catalog and some of the influence that I've had from the words I've said? It's all that, man. It's all that. But it's definitely led by the boss. Everybody look at me and know me from being independent and doing it the boss way, man. So, you know, like I definitely get that feedback, you know, the man, you, it, it outside of music, you know, just people coming up to me, man, you made me start my business. You know, because I, 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 I pound that in their head. Hey, man, listen, bro, you got to be a boss. You got to own your own, stand on your own, too. You know, try it. You know, learn self-value, you know, before you get to trying to sell yourself to somebody. You know, like, just think about it. It's so many it's so many things that you could do in, on your own turkey leg hood. Look how big of a deal that is. Mm -hmm. Trill burgers. You know what I'm saying? There's so, much, there's so many different things you can do in the culture. But what do we own? Nothing. We all just, we just let it, it's so many different things people can come up with that they can win off of, but it's just like they think, oh, we got to do it through this way or that way, you know. When you think independent, you come up with them million dollar licks, bro, and that's how it go. If you just applied yourself like that, more people thought like that, it'd be a lot more money for us. So you got a couple endorsement dealing on Metro PCPS and um, Dodge, so what was the deal with that? Ah, man, like those type of deals come constantly because you got to understand, like, I got a big following and I'm the Texas market, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's a big market. So a lot of the times 
by me having a big social media following and, you know, being the dude out here in Texas, I get a lot of those people who want to team up with me and do collabs and I'm here for it. You know, I get the benefit off of that too. That's another way of uh, income. Mm-hmm. Shout out checkers, you know, slap woods, gas guards, you know, <laughs> all that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. But uh, that's different ways to get paid, man. And, and you know, like, uh, it's, that's that's one of the most important things is having you more than one income, you know, because you, you got to do more than one thing because it could dry up. Like I say, we had to go through the uh, CDs to the, I mean, the tapes that went to CDs and then from the CDs to the, what was it called when you just had iTunes and, you know, I guess the downloads and then now it's streaming. Now, hopefully we can get some kind of uh, writer strike on this and figure out, you know, they give us some nice. real answers about what these streamers really work, man, because these people are just eating off us. How, how you feel about that? I know um, one of our partners, Ian, had mentioned that like he feels like musicians should go on a strike the same way that you know actors and writers went on a strike in Hollywood. I think there has never been. Well, there's no union, first of all, so you can't go on a strike if there's no union. Um, that's a problem. But yeah, how do you feel about like musicians and writers, music writers, banding together that's what that's the only way it's gonna work, bro. That's what need to happen. But like I but after just how how much like even with the writer strike, look how them people was disrespecting them people, like, man, we gonna they gonna starve before I had to come run back, you know what I'm saying? Like, why would you wanna work for people who think about who talk like that, man? Like, mm-hmm. come on, people don't love you like that, man. Same thing in the music business, through the way they pay us, through the way they treat us, you know what I'm saying? You have to understand that they and then for them to not be in the culture, they not really in the streets with it or doing it and getting the most off of us, it just ain't gonna never sit right with me and I'll never be cool with it, you know what I'm saying? But I definitely think it need to be a, a, a band, a, some type of strike where we can get that streaming, we can get some real answers about what it is and what it ain't, you know what I'm saying? Cause they just kind of giving us whatever they want to give us and everybody just accepting it. Rappers can't act like, oh, we ain't getting no money, you know, that's gonna mess up their image, you know what I'm saying? So we gotta figure out something. Before we go, man, we gotta talk about Midlife Crisis. Midlife Crisis. I just wanna know about the title. Talk to me about the title. (laughs) And and let's talk about, you know, after that, I mean, you said something very important and we talk to people, work hard, work hard, but then also have a reset. Talk about the the Midlife Crisis title and the reset that you took right after releasing the project. Oh man, it ain't really a crisis, man. It's really just, I just like, I like to play on my age, you know what I'm saying? And let people know, like I don't, I'm not rapping for uh, teenagers or nothing like that. I'm talking to people my age through my music. This is my fan base that grew up with me. You know, I'm still rapping for them. And uh, I meet them constantly out in the streets. I talk to them daily through social media, through, you know, just coming outside, man. I do shows a lot and really I'm just, on that album, I'm just speaking on what it is, where I'm at at 43, what life's like, you know, the, you know, losing loved ones, you know, things you deal with, you know, when you get to your 40s, you know what I'm saying? You're getting older, health is important. I'm just motivating people to get to the money, everything, like through music, you know? And, you know, I get a lot of good feedback and a lot of support out here in these areas. So it keep me motivated to keep doing it. So let's talk about that maturity in music, because that's something a lot of artists struggle with. with. As they grow, they, they're trying to remain culturally relevant, and they feel the right. only way to remain culturally relevant is to still talk to young people. But yeah. now you look crazy because it's like you're not young. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, talk about that. Like, a lot of artists struggle with that. How has yeah. that been for you as far as coming out, you know, when you were young and yeah. now being in your 40s, you know, yeah. being a family man and stuff like that. Like, do you ever struggle with that or do you just stay in your lane? Man, I stay, I got my, I call my own, myself big way stay. I stay in my own lane, man. I don't try to sound like nobody do like, no, I try to be different actually, you know, but uh, my thing is, is uh, I, I always more than like, you hear rappers, some rappers think the tricky rap is what, make them the best rapper in the world. Like, I believe me being the realest, like telling the truth about my real life, saying what I'm really going through, saying 
really talking about what I have, I believe that make you the best. That's what I look, that's the category I want to be put in. You see what I'm saying? So I can't live a fake life through my music. I got to keep it real. Like, that's what I stand on. You know what I'm saying? Like, being 100% in music. I'm not on here in my music time I shoot nobody up because I ain't shooting nobody up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm talking about real life, bro. Like, what's going on right now, you know? And that's what I always stood on. And I just try to stay with that same, you know, perspective through my music and just keep representing like that, man. And, you know, I'm not, I'm on here, you know, talking about God, everything, real life, like everything. I'm not, you know, trying to play tough. I'm just being a real man, you know, and, and telling the, the people the real because they don't get it enough, man. There's so many serial killers and all kind of <laughs> stuff through this music, you know. I just try to deliver a real message, a real motivating, positive message. You know what I'm saying? And I get a lot of good feedback that make me want to keep going, you know, through that music. Do you ever see an age of, that's another thing, hip hop is so young that we still be breaking <laughs> barriers. Right. You ever see an age of like retirement or is that not even something that you've been thinking about? It's, it's not even that I'm thinking about. I feel so young, man. Like, I feel so young. And then, you know, I look at guys even like Nas, like he continuing to do his thing. People are looking forward to them projects, bro. Mm -hmm. I feel like everybody should be doing this. Like, it's I want to hear Nas' new album. I want to hear Scarface' new album. I want to hear a lot of Jay Z. I told them I want to hear that, man. Like, we don't want to hear the youngsters all the time because we getting older. But you gotta understand, we rap was our whole life. We don't want to hear. We used to listening to rap. So why would y'all stop? Why would we stop? Yeah, we gotta grow with the music. You gotta grow with the music, man. Yeah. And keep it going. Keep that message going for. The person who getting older with you, you know what I'm saying? I still want to hear what Jay-Z say about what's next. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? In my way, Steve. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love that. Exactly. Paul Hall. Ah. My brother. It yes, just, sir. It's been real. The hospitality's been real. Southern hospitality at that. Man. Uh, it's been a blessing to this industry, a blessing to the culture. Yeah, uh, and we thank you for. And we that. always run into each other all the time. All the time. So. Nah, we go in there. We always in the right place because we always where you at. Thank <laughs> y'all for coming through the highs, man. I appreciate y'all coming to the city. Holler at me, man. That's love, bro. I really appreciate that. My, my brothers, my brothers. I'm gonna do this even though I'm from New York. <laughs> and he has that Astros <laughs> ring on. <laughs> Ally is a leading digital financial service company and the nation's largest all digital bank. Ally is proud to support creators in music because they understand the economic freedom that hip hop has provided black musicians, entertainers, and entrepreneurs. With that being said, we had the opportunity to reach out to a local business and dope entrepreneur while we were in Houston shooting with Slim Thug. We would like to officially and financially honor the hustle of Mo Better Brews. Mo Better Brews is a nationally recognized vegan restaurant and vinyl shop. They veganize popular Southern brunch dishes by their co-founder and executive chef, Courtney Lindsay. They include a vinyl shop curated by Flash Gordon Parks and their restaurant to infuse the co-founder's musical roots as a former DJ into the business. Mo Better Brews offers an experience many have traveled near and far to partake in. Celebrities such as Tabitha Brown, Lizzo, Nene Leakes, Slim Thug, and many others have visited. In the past year, they have been named one of Houston's 21 essential brunch spots by Houstonia Magazine. They've also been recognized by the Houston Chronicle, Eater Magazine, Veg World Magazine, and many others. Let's actually hear from the co-owner and executive chef, Courtney Lindsay himself. Chef Courtney, pleasure to meet you. How's it going? Uh, just a pleasure to meet y'all too, man. It's going great, it's going great, can't complain. Pleasure to have you. Let's jump right into it. We would like to ask you two questions about your perspective through entrepreneurship. We know the journey of entrepreneurship is a team effort. How did you find allies in building your business? Man, now that's one of the most important things, like really building a team and then building that team early enough to where you don't have to suffer as much or as long as you would in just traditional business. Because it's going to be some hard times. Uh, but honestly, just keeping the people that I love and that supported me from day one close, my wife, uh, my aunt, uh, I employ family members. Uh, and, just, and people that's just been down for exactly what we're doing, you know, and that's spreading great food, uh, you know, uh, doing it for the culture and uh, putting on for Houston. What financial advice would you give to someone at the early stages of building a business? 
Oh man, the financial advice that I would give somebody, someone at the early stage of building a business is to make sure that you have enough funds because you, I mean, never fails. It's always going to be a slow period, a slow season, a rainy day, and sometimes the rainy days end up being flooded days. <laughs> so I would say to make sure that you have enough funds to operate at least uh, four to six months if possible, just to make sure that you can keep your head above water when that water comes. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, financially. Honor the Hustle, presented by Ally. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.